Well, Genesis chapter 1. Let's pick up over here where we left off. Verse 11. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and so it was. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed, according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. So every grass, herb, fruit, plant, bush, tree, whatever it was, it's uh, basically considered to be something that, that grows as a plant. It's created here by God. Of course, that's all created before the other living things because they uh, depend on them. So we get them going. And it would seem that from what he says that the earth is going to bring forth these, that he may have put seeds in the ground and let them grow. Or he may have just created the whole plant that they would produce the, the seed, whichever it was. It's just God being God. And He can do it the way that He needs to. See, He's fit to. So these were needed to sustain the living creatures that God was going to put on the earth after this. But they each produce some type of seed or they have some way of producing. Grass, of course, can produce seed. Grass can also produce uh, little shoots that go out. And some grasses actually do both. They'll put their little shoots out and then they also uh, have seed. If you have a, a lawn and you keep your grass mowed, generally you keep it mowed too short to produce seed. But it does, it's alright because it sends out little shoots off to the side. It's going to find a way to, to duplicate itself. But it says that each after its own kind will do this. It will produce each after its own kind. Grass produces grass. Grass doesn't produce dandelions. Dandelions don't produce grass. They each produce after their own kind. Trees produce trees. Bushes produce bushes. That's just the way that they are. That's the way they were programmed to be. And that's what they do. From grass, we might come up with different kinds of grass. And grass may change a little bit, but it's still grass. It's not going to be, become something different. And of course, that's the basis of evolution, is that cross, things can cross species. That a grass can become uh, a tree. And a tree can become this. And just move right on over of course, we don't see any of those in-between uh, stages now. That doesn't stop them from believing it. But this is the law of operation of all cre creation. It is guided by this law. That each will produce after its kind. And we're going to see this phrase repeated a number of times. But here, this, this uh, one day, he has all the, all the plants going. Now again, we don't know if it's a literal 24 hours or if it's just a day. Like he says, a day is like a thousand years. But whatever it is, by the time this day is done, that we have plenty of grass, plenty of trees, plenty of herbs, plenty of bushes, so that when the animals come along, they have eats. they got lots of stuff to eat. There's no problem with that. Then we're going to go on, go on and create the lights in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 14. Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let, there be, let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmaments of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. 
Now we know there's already light upon the earth because you can't have plants and trees and such things without light. And we already established all the other things that were going on. Light was already here. That's not the issue. He is not creating the sun. He's not creating the moon at this point. Both are already in existence. He is just putting the laws in operation to let these things rule over the day and the night again. They probably ruled over the day and nights before. They're ruling over the day and nights again now. We have the greater light, that is our sun. We have the lesser light, that is our moon. He lets the purpose of these things. He has the purpose of signs, seasons, divisions, and enumerations. I reworded some of them here for this, but signs, all kinds of signs. We can look at the sun and determine a number of different things. You know, they have all those phrases. Uh, what is it? Red, red, red sky at night or red sky in the morning. They'll have all different kinds of things that they, they get out of that. And for the most part, they seem to like they have some uh, truth to it. But there are signs from our, from our sun. There are signs from the moon. How many of you all know that if you get a moon of a certain color at nighttime, people have said, well, tomorrow is going to be really hot. Boy, it just turned out to be that way. Tomorrow is really hot. But there are seasons. Now, at this point, it seems like the seasons were more even. That the temperature along the earth was more even. There may still have been some fluctuation from that. But, of course, once it was removed, they would be guiding the seasons. And that may, be, may have been more of a future thing to look forward to because I don't know that they had as much uh, difference between summer and winter like we do. But this would be one of their purposes and this is certainly something we see in operation now. As we move a little bit further from the sun, we get a little bit more winter. As we move a little bit closer to the sun, we get a little more summer. How many of y'all like to be closer? I like to be closer. Get closer to the sun, you get longer days. I like longer days. I like stuff growing on the trees, the, the leaves growing on the trees. I like green stuff. I'm not a big fan of winter, but glory to God, I guess we wouldn't enjoy spring and summer as much. We didn't have all that. Then Gatha was talking about fall being one of her favorite seasons. It's my third favorite season. Summer is my favorite. Spring is my second favorite. Fall's okay, but it reminds me too much that winter's coming. Fall's okay. I mean, there are some nice things about fall. There are definitely some, but it just always reminds me winter's coming. Everything's dying. Everything's going to be, you know, dead, dead looking trees and then leaves. How many of y'all like to pick up leaves? Some of you don't have yards to pick up leaves, but I have yards to pick up leaves. Oh, I don't like that. That's just such a time waster. But we're going to have seasons. We're going to have signs. We're going to have divisions. We're going to have divisions of days. We're going to have divisions of months. We're going to have divisions of years. And all these things would be predicated upon the sun. And God knew this and God put them in there for that. They're there for numbering. We're able to number years. We're able to number days all based upon the sun. And the moon helps out with that as well. Now one emits light and the other reflects it. Of course, the sun is the one that emits its own light. The moon does not emit any light at all. It merely reflects the light of the sun. So when you see the moon up in the, in the sky at nighttime, it's simply in a position where it can see the sun, reflects the light from it onto us. does not reflect much heat, though. I don't think there's much of a way to me- measure that. But sure enough, the sun reflects, uh, emits a lot of heat. <clears throat> and we get quite a bit from that. But uh, I don't know if everybody knows about suns and things of that nature. I wrote down some, some things, actually just copied some stuff over, just in case any of you are not aware of it. But suns have a life, life cycle. 
Uh, the first life cycle of a sun is a nebula. And you can go up in the internet and find all kinds of pictures of nebula. A nebula is a cloud of gas, hydrogen, and dust in space. Nebula are the birthplaces of stars. There are different types of nebula. There is a emission nebula, such as Orion, the Orion Nebula, and it glows brightly because the gas in it is energized by the stars that have already formed within it. In a reflection nebula, starlight reflects from the grains of dust in the nebula. The nebula surrounding the Pleiades cluster is typical of a reflection nebula. Dark nebula also exist. These are dense clouds of molecular hydrogen which partially or completely absorb light from stars behind them. The horsehead nebula in Orion is one of those. How many have ever seen that one? And the cloud actually creates like a horsehead of, uh, of darkness that you can, you can see that. If you've never seen pictures of nebulae, they got some great ones up on the internet. You can go up there and find and take a look at some of these. They are some of the most spectacular, colorful things that you can see up in the space and uh, certainly worthwhile taking a look at. Our uh, telescope we put up there, the Hummel, has surely brought some great pictures of that. Planetary nebulae are the outer layers of a star that are lost when a star changes from a red giant to a white dwarf. So there are a number of uh, kind of nebulae that come out there. Then there is a star. A star is a luminous globe of gas producing its own heat and light by nuclear reactions. Nuclear fusion, specifically. They are born of nebula and consist mostly of hydrogen and helium gas. Surface temperatures range from 2,000 degrees centigrade to above 30,000 degrees centigrade. And the corresponding colors from red to blue to white, the brightest stars have masses 100 times that of the sun and emit as much light as millions of suns. They live for less than a million years. They, yeah, they live for less than a million years before exploding as supernova. The, fi the faintest stars are the red dwarfs less than one thousandth of a brightness of the sun. The smallest mass possible for a star is about 8% of the sun, 80 times the mass of the planet Jupiter. Otherwise, nuclear reactions do not take place. Objects with less than critical mass shine only dimly and are termed brown dwarfs or a large planet. Towards the end of its life, a star like the sun swells up into a red giant before losing its outer layer as planetary nebula and finally shrink to become a white dwarf. We then have the red, red giants, and red giants are just huge. Of course, the most famous one is in the uh, constellation Orion. It's in the sword, I believe, of the uh, constellation. And it is so big that you could put our sun and the orbit of the earth in it, and this red giant would still be bigger. It is large. Red giants are just very, very large. And there's also, beside red giants, there are super giants that are even bigger than those. So they're just, just massive, just very, very large. There's red dwarfs. They are very cool, faint, and small stars, approximately one-tenth the mass and diameter of the sun. They burn very slowly and have estimated lifetimes of 100 billion years. There's white dwarfs, which is the final stage of a sun like ours. Very small, hot. The last stage of life cycle of a star of a star like our sun. White dwarfs have a mass similar to that of the sun, but only 1% of the sun's diameter, approximately the diameter of the earth. The surface temperature of a white dwarf is 8,000 degrees centigrade or more. 
But being smaller than the sun, their overall luminosity is about 1% of our sun. Or less. There's supernova. Supernova is when a star explodes. How many of you have ever gone up on the internet and looked at some pictures of supernova? You can actually do that. That we've actually caught on camera stars exploding. That's a hard thing to do. Of course, the star that exploded, it was a long, 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 long time ago. It took all that time for the light to get here. But our telescopes were watching the sky, and when the light hit us, they caught it. And you can actually see them go from their stage to the blowing up to this large size and then shrinking back down. You can see all the stages that are involved with that. Of course, if you're a Star Trek person, you've already seen supernovas. There are neutron stars. There are black holes. Black holes, of course, are still theory. The problem with a black hole is that they are so dense they absorb everything, including light. They pull light back into itself. So all you see is black. So it's hard for us to tell exactly what they are. So they have surmised that they are stars that have shrunk to such a small mass that their gravitational force is so strong that even light cannot escape it. And it just pulls it all back upon itself. We may find out later on that black holes are something else, but right now that's the prevailing thought of what a black hole is. And these are the life cycles of the sun. We, of course, are in the best cycle of our sun. And that's why we're here. If our sun never turns into a red giant, our God is bigger. <laughs> if He wants to, He can move our whole earth into a new sun. He can just redo the sun. He can do whatever He wants to so we don't have to worry about it. We'll be living on forever and ever and ever. And we will outlast our sun. Boy, that's a thought, huh? We're going to outlive our sun. And whatever God has to do to keep our sun going or to put another one in or whatever it is He's going to do, we'll be able to watch it. Because suns don't live forever. Though certainly they are talking about some very, very long lifestyles or uh, lifespans. So that is the cycle of, a, of the sun. And then this particular day, we see the lights that are put in operation. The greater light and the lesser light. So every time that you go out and you see the greater light and you see the moon, the sun, you just know God put that in operation. That's up there governing the night time sky because God put that in operation. Now it also says He put the stars in there, but He doesn't really say what the purpose was. He just put it in there. We've seen that since then people have used the stars for navigation. The constellations are not constant. They are changing. And if you go up on some of the internet sites that are available to you now, you can take a look at what the Big Dipper will look like thousands of years ahead of time and you wouldn't recognize it. It, uh, it's going to, it's, it's already changing and it's going to continue to change because all those suns that make it up are moving. And we also are moving. Everything is moving. So after a while, it begins to take on a different shape and you wouldn't recognize it as a big dipper. You wouldn't recognize it as a little dipper. Of course, those are the ones that most people can, can uh, come upon real quick. How many of you can find Orion? I think Orion is the next easiest one to, to find because its belt is extremely distinctive. You can find the belt and the uh, sword very easily and then the outlining stars that, that make that up are usually pretty simple. Some of the other ones can be a little tough. I mean, if you, if you look at them, People had some great imagination when they drew these things up. I don't quite get how they got to it, but we, it's, it's an easy way for us to classify where stars are. Don't think that studying those things is going to get you into uh, astrology or anything like that. There's an aspect of it just studying the stars, and that's just the way that they classify them. It's this star, it's in this constellation, and so forth. 
I've, I know a few of the constellations. I haven't studied them a whole lot, but I love studying the stars. And I love studying the things that are out there. Of course, you don't need a telescope anymore. You just go up on the Internet. You can see all kinds of pictures. <laughs> and you can do it in the comfort of your own home. Let everybody else do the, the cold work. And you can just go on. Genesis chapter 20 and verse... Or verse 20 in chapter 1. Then God said, Let the waters abound with the abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Again, after their own kind. It's interesting too, we didn't see this so much in the other one, but stars produce stars. Everything produces after its own kind. And here we have these guys, they produce after their kind too. He made the sea creatures and He made the birds of the air. And this is on one particular day. These are the first ones to go. I don't know why He chose sea creatures and birds first, but that's what He did. And He put them both on the same day. I think I would have probably put the birds on the same day as the other land animals, but He didn't. He put the birds on there first and He put the sea creatures on there first and I'm sure He had good reason for it. So the seas were going and the birds were flying around before any uh, rhinoceros, before any elephants, before any giraffes, before any cattle, before any dogs, and certainly before any cats. Got to give those birds a fighting chance first before them cats are released. Well, the cats back then, of course, they probably didn't eat the birds. So, verse 21 again. So God created sea creatures and every living thing that moves which were which the waters abounded according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. So this is all done on one particular day. Again, it can be any length of time that God so chose. But this is what was done on these particular times. But God blessed them. This is one of the first blessings we see they got to put on. He blessed them. He says, you all be fruitful and multiply. Get out there. Be blessed. Do some things. Fill the place up. And so that was their, their job. How many birds He created? How many sea creatures He created to get them started? I don't know. We aren't told anything about that. But we are told that He created it. Now, if you're an evolutionist, Generally, an evolutionist does not believe the Word of God. Generally. There are some people out there that believe evolution by God. That's just an excuse to be non-believing of the Word. It is ridiculous. There is absolutely no reason to hold true to that. The Word of God says God created. It does not say God evolved. So either you believe it or you don't. There are people out there who don't believe it. People that are out there... It, and don't believe in, or believe in evolution, don't believe in God, you are not going to convince them by telling them about Genesis chapter 1. That is not going to help them. They don't believe the Word. They don't believe God. So you cannot come after them with that. You have to come after them with other things. That first off, everything produces after its own kind. Cats don't get pregnant and produce dogs. It has not happened. It's not going to happen. They don't produce anything that looks like a dog. They don't produce anything that looks like a rhinoceros. They produce cats. They produce cats of different color, but they produce cats. And that's what you generally need to go back to. 
you generally look at creation. Creation left to itself degenerates. It's because God is involved that it keeps it going. One of the things we'll get into later on is that Adam was put upon the earth to keep the garden. Nature does not keep, does not house clean very well. Actually, it wasn't made to. Man was made to keep the earth orderly. We were made to do that. The earth is not such a supernatural thing, super, not supernatural, but supernatural thing, that it just keeps tabs of itself and keeps itself in order. As many of our environmentalists today try and have us to, be, to believe that if we just got out of the way and left it all to go, that it would be fine. I've told you the stats before. There are more trees in North America now than when we first arrived here with Christopher Columbus. You know why? Because we take care of some parts of it. The parts we don't take care of don't have as many trees. We've had, uh, I think I told you this one too, there are forests that we take care of 100%. And there are forests that are left to their own. The healthiest trees, the best looking forests are the ones we take care of. They look the best, they have the healthiest trees, and they are doing the best. The ones that are not doing so well, go out to California, take a look at how their forests are doing. Got the Sierra Club making sure that nobody does anything at all. And they keep burning down. They keep catching fire. And uh, that's just not the way to go. They need care. Just like your vegetable garden you put in the backyard. You can't just plant the seeds and walk away. Got to get out there and take care of it. And man was put here to tend to the garden. Take care of some things. And we can do a good job with that. We certainly can. And should. So you have to show people that want to hang on to evolution that it, things just don't happen. They don't just get better. They generally get worse. Someone has to be at the helm. Somebody has to be looking over things to, to put it into a, a good direction. And that's what God did. So if you're going to get into a discussion with an evolutionist, leave your Bible at home. It's not going to help you with them. And you have to be able to sharpen yourself up on, on some of these other things in that way. But the Word of God, you can take word principles and just show them in, in other areas. The Word says every, everything will produce after its kind. I should just tell them, can you show me where dogs and cats can produce? Can you show me where uh, cats have, uh, have litters of things that have evolved into something else? We can't show us any of that. So you want me to take it by faith that these things are just going to happen, that these things just did happen, but you have no physical evidence of it. And you have to keep going back to the part that there is no physical evidence. It is all supposition and they take it by faith. And then once you get that established, you can say, then why are you picking on me for being a faith person believing in God? You're a faith person believing in evolution. We've just chosen where to put our faith. If my faith is right and there is a God, you better look out. Amen. <laughs> if you're right, I don't have to be concerned. Okay. <laughs> so that's where you need to get them to. Talk to them about it. But it doesn't do any good to throw the Bible at them. They don't believe it. Verse 24. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind. Cattle, and creeping thing, and beast of the earth, each according to its kind. Now, I'm sure some of you probably thinking he could have left off the creepy things. Right? Didn't have to do that one, but apparently God found it necessary. And he put the creeping thing in there. 
And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. He didn't say that you saw that it was good. He said that He saw that it was good. There are some, uh, some beasts out there that you may not like a whole lot. There are some ugly ones. There are some just, I mean, just if you ever do a study of all the different animals and all the different things that they do, how they bring about young, uh, just all the different, how they build houses, how they get around. I mean, it is, God is just one of the most creative things to come on out there and whoever could think of all these things and what they do. My, it is something else. And God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So everything is created after its kind, is going to produce after its kind. This is a law. This is an operational law. It will not go away. This is how it's going to be. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Now the first thing that jumps out at you there is let us make man in our image. And the word is plural, which is why they did it that way. It's not a singular word. The word there for God is plural. So how else can you translate that? Let us make man in our image. We look at that as being Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We know that all things were created were created through the hand of Jesus. But of course it was spoken by God. So God the Father spoke it. The Lord Jesus carried it out and the Holy Spirit hovered. Or <laughs> do whatever else He's going to do. We know so far He's hovered. He's here. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Now there, the, both of those words are going back to the same thing that we are created as far as, a, as looking like or an appearance of God. Not with His attributes, but with the appearance of God. And we've seen through the Word of God that as it describes God, it talks about His head. It talks about His back. It talks about His hands. It talks about His feet. So we have a talking about different body parts and we can relate to them because we have them. <laughs> Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. One of the other things that we see that, that is done is God has created, not created, God exists in three parts. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And man also creates on three, is, is created on three levels. As Brother Hagin put it, Man, has, man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a body. As there is a trinity of God, there is a trinity of man. Same image that is carried over. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. We were made to have dominion. We should not apologize for this. We're not going around, oh, it's so, it's so sad that we build our houses and push all these other things out. Nope. Not sad at all. We were made to have dominion. You make your house where you want to make your house. Everything else works around you. You have dominion. And God made the ants and the worms and the fishes and all that to be able to work around our houses. They do just fine. If you build your house over a lake, the fish adapt. If you put your... your uh, pole down in the, in the lake and it knocks out one of their rocks or one of their caves, they find another one, don't they? They do fine. We were made to have dominion. 
Now, you can be have dominion and be courteous, and I, I have no problem with people being courteous if they don't want to do something because they're going to disrupt some folks. If some of you folks don't want to go out there and shoot animals and hunt, and you, you don't want to go out there and fish, that's fine. Don't go out there and fish. You have had dominion. You have decided, I do not want to fish. I do not want to hunt. But don't push that off on anyone else. If someone else wants to have dominion and hunt, let them go get them. I don't hunt. I don't fish much. But I appreciate that people do because when I go to the store, I like to have food there. <laughs> I just don't want to go hunt it and clean it and bleed it and all that other sort of stuff. Let somebody else do all that sort of thing. I'm just going to go in there and, and eat it. Some guys get a kick out of going into the woods and hanging out by themselves the whole day, standing as motionless as they can, waiting for something to move and then shoot it. I don't get off on that. I just, it's no big deal to me. I just, there's no excitement for me in that at all. It's like, why? There's so many more productive things we could do in a day than stand there in a tree fort waiting for something to come around and move and then shoot it when it does. <laughs> but, I mean, guys, there are guys out there, gals too, who uh, live for hunting season. When it comes around, oh, they take their vacation... They take days off and they go out in the cold and they go out and all bundled up in gear and, and, and that, to them that's fun. It's not fun to me. If it's fun to you, go out there and do it. Be blessed. Have fun. It's not fun to me. I don't hunt. I don't even uh, particularly like fishing a whole lot to sit on a boat for too long. You know, a half hour, an hour is about it. After that, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just not in that. I'll be thinking about, well, I could be doing home doing this. I can get this out of the way. I can be doing this over here. Here I am with a little line. I can go to the store and buy a fish <laughs> with the money I made staying home working. <laughs> that's just the way I look at it. I get too practical in the thing. Other guys, they like to sport them. They like the fun of it. And that's fine. We're all wired to have different things. But you're here to have dominion. Have dominion over it. You want to build something? Cut down a tree. That's fine. Another tree's going to grow in this place. You're not going to kill the forest because you cut down a tree. If we want to burn oil, we can dig in the ground and get it because we have dominion. dominion. And this is fine. And people want us to apologize for digging in the ground and getting the oil that God put in there. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I told you before too. The, the earth seeps more oil than we spill. Naturally. just seeps it. You know what gets rid of it? The ocean. Ocean gets ocean's extremely aggressive. And the, the oil that seeps out of the ocean floor is eaten up by the ocean. Just just knocks it right out. Now the problem with us spilling is that we put a whole lot in a small area, whereas the earth takes more and puts that out of a, a greater area so it's able to break it down a little better. So when we get in there and clean up, we should. <laughs> we make a spill, we should get in there and clean it up and take care of that stuff. But just understand, we, we don't spill as much as God does. <laughs> he spills more than we do. <laughs> but he's, he's just better at it. He just distributes it better. He just, that's the way He's made things like that. It's, it's all perfectly fine. God put it in the earth and it's there for us to use. So go out there and use it. Have dominion. And he, he told us this. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. So if you're a fisherman, go out and fish. Say, fish, I have dominion over you. Bite! 
Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air. If you want to go out and shoot a few out of the bird, birds out of the air, go right on ahead. If you want to feed them, go right ahead. You have dominion. So whether you like to feed them or you like to shoot them, it's all good. Over the cattle. You have dominion over the cattle. If you want to raise cattle and slaughter them, you have dominion over them. If you want to go out and hunt them, you have dominion. Don't go over and you know hunt somebody else's that they're raising. <laughs> but you have dominion. That's now. This is back over here. He gave us dominion over these things, and of course Jesus Christ came back down to get that authority back, and that's why we can say that all these things go and come and so forth. That we had dominion over everything, over the birds, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Everyone. That would mean bacteria. Right? That would mean flu. Whatever it is, it creeps upon the face of the earth. If it creeps, we have authority. Don't matter what, if it creeps, if it's moving, it's doing, we have authority. Jesus Christ got this back for us. So we have dominion. We are called to have dominion. We give God honor when we walk in dominion. Now, He's called us to rule and reign. We talked about it before. You can rule and be a bad ruler. You can rule and be a good ruler. We should rule and be a good rulers. God gave us the earth. Take care of it. I told you before, I take care of my earth that I'm on. If you follow me around for a day, you'll never see me throw anything down on the ground. I pick up more, more litter. I pick up litter. I don't drop stuff down. I pick up other people's litter. Because I think it's disgusting just to go out there and throw it all down in there. I don't like to go out in the water and throw stuff out there either. I take care of it. We have dominion. If we have dominion, take care of it. Clean it up. Fix it. Stay up with it. That's what we should be doing. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So God created man in his own image. That part we've already established. We're made to, to look like God. We're made in the image of God. We're made with same trinity that, that he has. In the image of God, he created him. Which would refer to Adam. Adam is the only man created in the image of God. He's it. Now he goes on. Male and female, he created them. After Adam, we have males and females. Up till then, we didn't. Adam was created on the face of the earth and he was created in such a way that he was created like God. God was not male and female. Sometimes we talk about it that God has male and female um, motions or all that. I don't know that He does. He's just God. Male and female, for God was never separated until Adam came along. And God says, you know what? It's okay for us to be this way, but it's not so okay for Him. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's split them up. Let's create a male and a female. Out of the image of God, God created a male and a female. So the them that was created were created in the male and female. But him was created in the image of God. Sometimes we think God's male. God's not male. God's God. There's no more male than he is female. And I don't even think, like to think of him as a combination of male and female. God is God. God took his image, split it up, put part of it in the male and part of it in the female. 
Male doesn't have most of it. Female have a little bit of it. Female don't have most of it. Male have a little bit of it. I don't even know if it's 50. I don't know how it's divided. God just divided it. He just made it. Male and female. And so we now, from that point on, we complete each other. But the male and female with the man, the man being Adam, complete each other differently than do uh, uh, two goats or two birds. It's different. It's not the same. Because man has given dominion. Man was created in the image of God. The cattle were not created in the image of God. The birds were not created in the image of God. The plants were not created in the image of God. They all have male and female too. But there's something different, something unique about man because initially, initially he was created in the image of God, in the likeness of God. And then when he created them, he split something up. So man is unique. All these uh, global people that get on out there, they want to say, well, man is just another one of the animals. We are not. Man is unique. Man is above all. All the creations of the earth, man is above it. Man as in, man as an atom. And then male and female were the ones that uh, were split up after that. So we are over all creation. God does not love a bug more than you. <laughs> he didn't send his son for bugs. He didn't send his son for goats. He didn't send his son for horses. He sent his son for you. His son did not become a snake, a frog, or a fish became a man. And God blessed them. So they get blessed too. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So again, this part is repeated. Have dominion. He says, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. There's still some parts that are not full. Go out to Montana. Go out to South Dakota. Go out to parts of Texas. Well, I think you can go out to parts of Florida. Some parts that are not. <laughs> we still got room on this earth. Everyone's to say, oh, we got to be careful about population. God made a big earth. He made a really incredible earth. And we are not stressing this thing out because God made this earth with us in mind. And He knew how many of us there be. Before we ever were here, he knew how many of us there were going to be. So he made this earth to handle it. If you want to go out there and have ten kids, go out there and have ten kids. Don't let anybody tell you not to have ten kids. If you want to have one, have one. It's up to you. Let us make man in our image. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. And to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, to everything that creeps on the earth, in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and so it was. And God saw everything that He made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So we know that the herbs were given for food for man and for, at, and for all the uh, animals and so forth. Something happened. Sin came in and, and God was the first one to go out there and take one of the, the beast and kill it. And He made some clothes. Showed them how to do it. So they went out there from that point and they killed some other ones. And they killed some for sacrifice. 
And they killed some to eat. And they killed some for clothes. But up until then, that wasn't the way it was supposed to be. But that's the way it is now. Now we're getting to the millennium. It may very well get restored to that. But we're not there yet. So we're still allowed to go out there and eat meat. Thank God. But have all the meat you want to now because you may not be able to have it later on. <laughs> so go out there and get some. There are people who've decided that they don't want to be meat eaters. And that's fine. If they don't want to be meat eaters, don't, they don't have to eat meat. But don't push that off on anybody else. Any more than a person who wants to eat meat ought to push that off on anyone else who, who doesn't want to eat meat. If you don't want to eat meat, don't eat it. If you do want to eat meat, meat, eat it. If you just want to eat vegetables, if you just want to eat fruit, whatever it is, that's fine. You eat just that. But don't push it off on someone else. Let them eat what they want to eat. And you live by your convictions. But I want to really focus in on this part here. After its kind, the law continues to be in operation today. Everything still produces after its kind. Doesn't change. The results are found in man, animal, plant, fish, and you just keep on going. Everything else that there is, they produce after their kind. But here's something else that we don't always think about with this law. Everything produces after its kind. Everything produces after its kind. We can even expand that to look at this. Words produce after their kind. Do not kind words produce more kind words? Do not faith words produce more faith words? Do not doubt words of doubt produce more words of doubt? You can take that even further. Negative thoughts. Doubtful thoughts. Don't they produce more? Doubtful thoughts. Negative thoughts. Everything produces after its kind. Well, I just gave in to this little sin over here. What's it going to produce? After its kind. Everything produces after its kind. So if you go after the things of God, you go after the promises of God, you produce after its kind. If you go after obedience, you produce after its kind. But if you go after disobedience, you produce after its kind. But even in our words and our actions, you have faith actions, you produce more faith actions and faith results. You have doubt actions, you produce what? More doubt. This is a law that God put in operation. Every time you see kittens, every time you see puppies, just think, after its kind. After its kind. This is what's in there. So every time that you go out and you speak words of faith, what are you going to do? I'm setting laws in motion to produce faith. Things of faith. Words of faith. Every time I have actions of faith, I'm producing actions of faith. Things that actions of faith produce. They produce after their kind. We always got to keep this in mind. Everything produces after its kind. And this law was set about in Genesis. Everything produces after its kind. Now, you don't have to go too hard to study this thing. Go out there and look at some of the negative people you know, you know of. Look what's in their life. Negative stuff. Bad stuff. Because they keep producing negative. Somewhere along the line, you got to stop it. If you have a cat problem in your neighborhood... And cats are going all over and just having more kittens and then more cats are, and there's cats all over the place. What must you do? You got to get a handle on these cats. You got to find these cats 
you got to separate these cats. You got to do something about the cats. Because if you keep letting the cats run around, you're going to still have more cats. <laughs> Get out down the city, they have pigeons all over the place. What do they do about that? They put stuff out to make pigeons fertile. Pigeons not giving uh, birth anymore. They had birth control for pigeons. They were putting that out. Because <laughs> they too many pigeons. <laughs> and if you just keep having pigeons and they just fly around all day, they produce more pigeons. Because they produce after its kind. If you want to get rid of it, you've got to come after them. You've got to get rid of those things. There are some countries out there that are having all kinds of problems with malaria and all kinds of problems with diseases. And you know why? Because they have mosquitoes. And mosquitoes produce mosquitoes. But we had those great environmentalists that decided that DHT was bad because they thought it was softening the eggs of certain birds. They weren't sure. They thought it might. You know what we are sure of? People die when we don't use DHT. And lots of people. We're not talking about thousands. There are some countries that... some. There's one country in particular I know, a small island nation, it's almost ready to be wiped out. But they can't use the stuff to control the mosquitoes because the environmental people won't let them do it. You know why? They value mosquitoes more than they do you. You know who God values more? You. He gave His Son for you. Amen. He did not give His Son for mosquitoes. You know what? You can use DHT and spray all kinds of folks. You're still going to have mosquitoes. They're just all over the place. What did, what did God tell us about the earth? Have dominion. Subdue it and have dominion. If you have a problem with mosquitoes, go after them. Control them. Get rid of the problem. When we dug the Panama Canal, you know why we dug it? You know why our country, over all the other countries who tried, you know why we succeeded? The French tried and failed. Were we just better diggers? No. We decided we got to control the mosquitoes. And so we went down there and controlled the mosquitoes. By controlling the mosquitoes, we controlled the disease. By controlling the disease, we kept the workers around. And we dug the Panama Canal. But up till then, other people had tried. Other nations had tried. They failed. We succeeded. Because we controlled. Because we took dominion. Because we decided to rule. And... Thank God for the Panama Canal. I'll tell you what, that really helps out a whole lot of folks being able to make that shortcut around there. It really helped our country out because we had to have actually two navies, Pacific Navy and Atlantic Navy. And at least with the Panama, Panama Canal, you could uh, move some of them around a little bit easier. Still, we have two navies, but at least we can get back and forth in there. But everything produces after its kind. Our words produce after our kind. Our actions Faith produces after its kind. Doubt produces after its kind. Disobedience produces after its kind. Obedience produces after its kind. Stay in the area you want to be in. And if you want to get rid of some of those things, get the uh, exterminator out. Get rid of that doubt. Get rid of those kind of actions you don't want. Because everything's going to produce after its kind. If you want to get rid of the cats in your neighborhood, take charge. You've got to do something about it. Have dominion. This is what we are called to do. This is not bad. We are to have dominion. Because when we have dominion, we do a pretty good job. Trees grow better. Forests are better. Plants do better. Birds do better. Now there's folks out there who just want shooting at tigers and bald eagles and stuff like that made them endangered. That's not having dominion. 
that's not ruling and reigning well. Have dominion. And when the Eskimos go out there and they hunt whales, you know what? They were having dominion. Those whales produced all kinds of things for those Eskimos. They used the oil. They used the bones. They used the fat. They used every single part of that. And then some nuts came along and decided, we're just going to kill them and take a little bit that we want and get rid of the rest. Got them endangered so the Eskimos were having a hard time even finding And they, they depended on them. They got a whole lifestyle out there that depended on those. God doesn't get mad when people kill whales any more than He gets mad when people kill mosquitoes. They're part of the creature, creation. But we're to rule and have dominion. Take care of it. Do some things that, that, that help it along. Glory to God, we can. Amen? Amen? Father, we thank You for the earth that You gave us. That we are to rule and reign on this earth. We are to have dominion. And as we have dominion, oh, it's good. You've given us wisdom how to overcome problems, how to help farce and creatures do better. You've given us a desire to help the animals that are needing help. Father, we thank you for the wisdom that you give us as we exercise dominion in this earth. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.